This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We are starting a new Christmas series uh, titled A Different Christmas, right? A Different Kind of Christmas. A Different Kind of Christmas. I debated on the title. I was At first, I was going with A Slow Christmas. But then that sounds boring, and so I didn't think anybody would, like, really be interested in that. That's not, a, like, a, a grabby title. No. Um, and so I settled on a different kind of Christmas. Hmm. Um, and, you know, this is a Bible podcast, and ironically, we're not going to look at any Bible today, uh, which was a first for me. Maybe Maybe we could talk about that for a minute. I have never done the sermon thing, which we now call stories, because I don't know, that word's a little triggering to me. Sermon is a little triggering to me. Um, And so we call them stories around here, and I tell stories. But I've never done the sermon thing where I didn't open the Bible. Yeah. Until yesterday. Or, uh, yeah, until I filmed it yesterday and, you know, it went out yesterday. When this is being released. So, yeah, the first time I've ever done that. Uh, That felt strange. That felt real strange. But the reason I chose to do that was because the entire story, the tickling background metaphor is that me not opening the Bible and that being the first time and that being so strange is because That's an unwritten rule that was made up and indoctrinated into me. Mm -hmm. That's not the only way to talk about divinity. And it's certainly not the only way in which you can have valuable conversations and storytelling about divinity. Church history, theology, you know, service, like all of these things are valuable divine experiences. And they're great to talk about and have conversations about. Um but it's hard to break and buck systems, mm. which is also what I'm asking each of us to do for this Advent holiday season mm. is to buck systems, systems that our entire culture is designed to do. The Christmas industry is massive. Mm-hmm. There is so much money in Christmas. Yeah. The holiday season not just in the gifts and like the like the consumerism element, but the commercialization of Christmas. Yeah. A Christian holiday that was then paganized and commercialized. Um it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild when you stop and think about it. Um so That's why I chose to not open the Bible. It was also partially because I didn't, for what I'm trying to do, there's not really enough Bible text to go around. Mm. Um, And I wanted to do this, like, what is Advent? What is this thing we're trying to do? And an introduction into why I'm choosing to 
storytell the way that I'm choosing to storytell for this Advent. Mm. If you remember last Advent, I chose a different metaphor. Do you remember what metaphor I chose for last Advent? Oh, you're going to break my heart, Clayton Ware. You are going to break my heart. Sorry, bro. Oh, no. It's on the... It's on the bookshelf behind you. Paul and the Gift. Mm, oh, I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was a series I titled The Gift, and it was an entire story series of looking at grace as a gift. Yeah. Both one that we receive vertically and distribute and receive horizontally. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, some of my best work, I think. Uh, you broke my heart. Sorry, bro. Uh, yeah, so there are lots of different ways that we can look at Advent and approach Advent. And so I wanted an episode or like I wanted to do a week on just like what is Advent and why am I choosing to look at it this way? Mm. Um, and so that's what this story was. So there's no Bible text in it. We're not actually going to open the Bible. We'll talk a lot about Jesus. Mm. Um, and next week, each of the weeks, the four weeks of Advent, Advent begins next week, the four weeks of Advent, there will be actual biblical texts about Jesus that we'll be looking at and story, and I'll be storytelling through. But for today, there's not. So we're just going to talk about some history of Advent. Clayton, what do you know about Advent? Um, I know it was a thing that was really kind of unregulated for a long time. It wasn't like there... The Advent season wasn't really a thing. Uh, it was it was kind of like everybody does it at their own weird time. Um, Unregulated is a great way to yeah. just, to describe it. It's just it was it was a time that people took to recognize the birth of Jesus, right? And that there came with a whole bunch of other like different traditions and things, uh, penance times and lamentations and things of that nature. Um, it didn't really become a thing until the Catholic Church became a thing. Um, Wait, what do you mean? What, when do you call the Catholic Church becoming a thing? I don't know, like 300s. Oh, when they yeah. say that it was. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, like 380, I think. It, At that time, we just called it the church. But yeah. Right, but <laughs> yeah. they, the institution, the institution of, of, the, of church. the church. When they start having councils and mm, creeds. Right. Yeah. And... Catholics claim that, right? But mm -hmm. um, that was really around the time that it was first starting to be, quote, regulated. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Um, it might it might eventually move again. Who knows? <laughs> like, no, it will never move now. I, I don't know. I was making a joke. Oh, like, these yeah. things are constantly changing, and we never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Because this isn't a thing that is in the Bible. Well, so the history of Advent is you're right it's unregulated and it its origin is pretty early mm -hmm. but the widespread usage of it and the way you do it and when you do it are not set very quickly um realistically what happens is most of the time because easter is the one that gets set very early because of the gospel stories. They are connected to Passover. Mm -hmm. The resurrection is connected to Passover. And it's Jews. It's Jews that are receiving this message. So they just continue to connect it to Passover. So then 
when they want to do something for the return, these start to arise around 100, right? The time that Latin elements are starting to come in, and that's where we get the term Adventus, is because it's the Latin translation of Perusia. And it's like, okay, we need this other complement to Easter that not only recognizes the resurrection, but looks forward in like hopeful awaiting mm -hmm. a return, a second coming right. of Jesus. Um, and so they start doing that pretty early, but some people are doing it literally like right after Easter because mm. they're like, they're tied together. Right. Um, and so some people are doing it there, but then it's like a whole lot of church and then like no church for a whole year. Mm. And so like just logistically and like spacing it out, it like you start to see people kind of move it out because it's like, oh, wait, well, you know, we're asking these people to like fast and do the Lent thing for all this time. And then now we're going to lump on another four weeks of Advent right on the back of it. Mm. Let's push that out. Let's give them a break. Let's let them get back into the rhythm of life. And then we'll ask them to commit, like do another big commit, like later down the line. Well, because it is this hopeful awaiting and the coming of Christ, um, Advent doesn't really get set until Christmas gets set. Christmas is this thing that's kind of being bounced around too. Like, Hey, we need a day to celebrate the birth of Christ. Um, and they only end up settling on the day that they settle on in December because Jesus is the light of the world mm. and it's the darkest time of the year. That's literally why we put Jesus's thing like his birth out there. Like that's really the main thing of why we settled or where we did. Um, so there was no like, there's no real reason. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh, hey, we got to pick a day anyways, and here's a cool one. Yeah. We don't really know. Um, and so when Christmas finally gets set, Advent gets set. Mm -hmm. In 380, there's a council, um, the Council of Sargosa, I think. Give me a second. Check the notes. Check the notes. Don't catch me lying. Uh, yeah, I was right. Council of Sargosa in 380. Uh, they meet to, to discuss a Gnostic-inspired sect or movement uh, called Priscillianism. Um, it holds to like a real harsh form of dualism. And for some reason, in that moment, in like, their discussion and decision-making, their recommendation in, like, solving this is some recommendations on Advent and the practice of Advent. And it was because it was, like, it's embodiment. Mm -hmm. It's, like, divinity embodiment. So there's, like, getting rid of the dualism element. And they recommend, this is their recommendation, Uh, council was not committed to any specific dating of Advent. Uh, they suggested that people attend church daily between December 17th and the 29th. Mm. Okay. Um, and that's, 
how it happens. Like, that's how it first starts. And then later on down the line, by the 5th and 6th century kind of time, we're starting to see this, like, standardized four-week practice of Advent. Mm-hmm. But when it's first instituted, the first two weeks are spent focusing on the second coming, mm. the one we're waiting on, the one we're in hope of and anticipation of. And then the, the second two weeks, week three and four, are fo- focused on the first coming, mm. the celebration aspect. Um. And then the candle element doesn't get added until way later, mm. which that I think that's how people most think about Advent is through Advent candles. Mm. I think, isn't that the way that most people practice it? Would you say? Yeah. Uh, it's becoming less of a thing I'm noticing that, that's considered important just because like, who's got the time for that? Well, yeah, um, it's the like traditional element. Yeah. Um, I do think it's quite a beautiful metaphor. It, it is. Like, it, I it try had to its do place. It. Yeah, I try to do it. Um, We're not going to do it this year. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There, We may do it one year. Yeah. Because I'm not against it. Right. But I don't think it's the only yeah, way to communicate. It's also it. different for me because, like, I am single. Right? Like, I don't have, like, a group to do this with. I'm just practicing this by myself, which there yeah. is a beautiful element to that. But it's also, like, nah, this would be better. But... Yeah. Um it is it is a thing that excuse me. Um I think a lot of people do still practice. It's just it, that number is thinning. Yeah. I I think the the idea like the general idea of advent is going away, which because of, you know, the commercialization of Christmas. Yeah. Um so you end up losing advent altogether. Yeah. socially i think um just not very many people talk about it anymore yeah uh, i i mentioned an advent calendar to somebody like last year and they were like a what i was like okay so we're we're straying pretty far from what this time was and is supposed yeah. to be um yeah so like even trying to explain advent through the candles i think is difficult because people just may not know yeah, well, it's definitely the one that's been most popular for specifically like long in America. periods of time. Yeah. yeah, specifically in the American expression of Advent mm-hmm. and the Protestant expression of Advent. It's definite Western is probably the better way to say that. Yeah, Western. It's been it's been the primary metaphor that we use to communicate Advent through. Um, the first time I did Advent, it was through the candle metaphor, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Like as I said, I think. For people that are real traditional, liturgical, and based on patterns, mm. it's a great, like, it is a great yeah. continued metaphor. It is. And there there are different ways to do this. I mean, I've done it. I fasted for it. I've done it the hardcore, like, um, Vatican One kind of advent. It's tough. Um, uh, I've also done just, like, a, a standard, like, you know, we're going to eat, drink, and be merry this Advent. Yeah. Uh, I've done it all the different ways. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that you could do it. I think it's I think it's just important to take that time to focus on 
the person of Jesus and living like the person of Jesus. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. You you with me? Well, that is that is the thing, right? We are celebrating the birth of Christ, who is our exemplar of how to live as Christians, little Christ. Well, and and not only because of Advent, the coming, right? Like first and second Advent, we're yeah. not just talking about like the Jesus who who was. We're talking, we're talking about the Jesus who is also going to come back, right? Uh, and so that there, so like Paul's whole thinking he's you know living in the apocalypse yeah <laughs> right uh paul was living like this paul thought paul thought that the second coming was going to be in his lifetime yeah he thought like in times we're trying to rush and get all of these people ready now yeah um absolutely he it, thought it was going to happen in his lifetime so there there's a different kind of urgency there and like We've lost that. We don't have the same urgency anymore. To be fair, charismatic traditions still Charisma do. Some charismatic traditions do. That is yeah. fair. But largely, the church has lost this, this sense of urgency. And we can honestly use this time of Advent to bring it back. You know, like, maybe I can't ask you to commit to that all the time. Hell, I can't commit to that all the time. But, like, let's take some time to know that... That is also happening too. Yeah. Well, let's not, let's not forget that really important detail. Well, we ask ourselves to do a lot at Christmas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we ask ourselves to do a lot of things we would not normally do. Mm -hmm. We ask ourselves to spend a lot of money. We ask ourselves to spend a lot of time with people we don't really spend a lot of time with. And I think for most people don't really enjoy spending a lot of time with those people. Um, we ask ourselves to do a lot of strange things at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking us to do something different this Christmas too. I'm asking us to do something strange. I'm asking us to slow down. I'm asking us to spend time with ourselves. And what I mean by that is number one, I am saying don't be so busy. Mm -hmm. Cause in these times and we're always on the go, we got to do this and this and this. Some people may travel for three weeks. Mm -hmm. There's not much Sabbath. No. In those three weeks, there's not much rest in those three weeks. There's a lot of high stakes you're seeing a lot of people you got histories with. You're trying to impress certain people. Uh, you're trying to put your best face on for certain people. There's a lot of anxiety in some of these situations. Yep. These are high-stress situations in a lot of cases. Jesus knows a lot about high-stress situations. Mm -hmm. And the way in which he dealt with them was making sure he saved time for himself. I want us to look at that. I want us to look at that and what that means because we are called and we are asked to do things. I think divinity, the divinity within us, the divinity we are in pursuit of asks us to do things. Sometimes those things are hard. Hell, life is hard. Um, we need our own time and space to refuel. We need our times 
to go away and do our safe space things. The ones that we enjoy, the ones that refuel us to be able to do the hard things we're asked to do, um, to make space, to give grace. Um, but we can only do those things when we slow down. If we're always on the go and we're always busy, we're too busy for God. Which also means we're too busy for ourselves. Gotta look at Christmas a different kind of way this year. A different kind of Christmas. Christmas.